Matthew chapter 10, reading from the Amplified Translation, from verse 17, the Bible says, Be on guard against men whose way or nature is to act in opposition to God, for they will deliver you up to councils and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a witness to bear testimony before them and to the Gentiles, the nations. Verse 19, But when they deliver you up, do not be anxious about how or what you are to speak. For what you are to say will be given you in that very hour and moment. For it is not you who are speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we pray for eyes opened. We pray for understanding, enlightenment. We pray for wisdom. Lord, let this word find its place in our hearts. Amen. Let it be our practice. Amen. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We give you praise. Amen. Now, from this part of the Bible that we've just read, our Lord is instructing his disciples. Okay? And he's telling us something very profound. And he tells us that when you are arrested, when you are persecuted, when you are brought before courts because of your, the testimony that you carry, while you are preparing to speak, don't even prepare. Okay? In the context, in this context, okay, the Lord says, do not be anxious or do not be worried, correct, about how or what you are to say. Okay? For what you are to say will be given to you in that very hour and moment for the Spirit of God will speak through you. Okay? So in the context of persecution, this context, okay, the Bible tells you that you should not be anxious, worried, you should not meditate, you should not prepare your message. Okay? In the context of persecution, don't prepare your message. Okay? When you stand before them, the glory of God, the very power of God, right, will flow through you. Is that okay? Yeah. So in this in, in this context, the perfect message doesn't have to be prepared. We see a situation where Stephen preached an amazing message. Do you remember? Stephen's message was so full of revelation. Are you listening to me? And it brought deep conviction. Well, 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 fast. <laughs> they were convicted. Are you listening? So Stephen's message was so accurate, full of revelation and power. Because it was within the context of persecution, he didn't have to prepare his message. He was brought before that court. Are you listening? Right. Now why I'm emphasizing this to, to, to the class today is that outside of the context of persecution, you are expected to prepare how and what you will say. Did you see that? Yeah. When it's in the context of persecution, don't bother yourself. Sit in jail, Jerry. Sit in prison. Don't even bother yourself. When they bring you before the Sharia court, open your mouth, the glory of God will manifest. The anointing will flow. Are you listening to me? Yeah. You bear perfect testimony to Jesus. But outside of the context of persecution, the Lord demands that you prepare your message. Two aspects of preparation is how you will speak and what you will speak. How you will speak and what you will speak. Do you hear that? Okay. 
Now you're wondering, ah, I mean, the, the first class you're giving us, you're talking to us about uh, public speaking. No, 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 no. I'm talking to you about something that's essential in our work. Because, you know, in our, in our classes that are coming up, we're going to be talking about what we're going to speak. Are we correct? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about doctrine and the content of our messages. We're going to be talking about what the message of the gospel actually is and how it's to be lived. Okay? So, how you are to speak and what you are to speak. Now, it's essential that in cross-cultural missions, um, you need to do a, rec- a reconnaissance, right, of the culture that you're actually going to go and work in. You have to. You have to know who they are. You have to know how they practice, how they sit, what they eat, you know, how they live, what are their, what are their norms, their cultural norms, what's their philosophy, how do they behave. You understand what I'm saying? Because because that will now inform you how you are to carry the message. Is that okay? Is that, do you, do you, you get what I'm saying? You have to know how to carry the message. If you don't know how to carry the message, you can't just carry the message of the gospel the way you would in your own hometown. I just take it like that. It may not be received. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's also a tendency for us, because even as missionaries, we, we grew up, many of us grew up in cities, in city churches. And many of us have fathers in the Lord, and we tend to imbibe the presentation mannerisms of our father in the Lord. Okay? But that may not actually work where you find yourself. Is that okay? It may actually, they may actually consider it to be insulting for you to come to them and begin to talk like an like a motivational speaker. This is your time. It's your time. I mean, come on. You go be preaching like that in a mission field. It may actually be insulting to them. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? So you need to do a recce, begin to understand who are these people, what are their norms. It would even, it would even be nice if you could even attend their, 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 what do you call it again? Their town hall meetings, their village square meetings. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and watch the way the elders talk mm-hmm. during the village square meetings. It will help you in presentation. And you catch what I'm saying? Yes. Right. Yeah, so there is the work of reconnaissance, initial work. You have to take your time to know who these people are. Mm. Is that okay? Yeah. Mm? There's some things that we practice that we may think as, we may consider as normal. Let me give you an example. Uh, it could be something like whistling. Some of us may whistle and hum gospel tunes at night. Some villages consider that practice to be immoral, right, or even evil. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. You cannot know everything, but you can actually investigate many things. Theory is something that can be learned. There's so much you can learn about the people by sitting down and watching, and even asking questions, reading books before you go there. Okay. You. It's just like going into anything, even marriage. You go into marriage without preparation. You, in the end, you say, Hagano. you understand? So you don't go to mission field without preparation. Who are these people? How do they behave? Who are they? I repeat, go to their markets. Go to their town hall meetings. Listen to the elders as they talk. Watch how elder and 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 and, and the, 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 the subordinates and the, 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 the youth, watch how they relate. So you will know how to come in. You will know how to relate. Is that okay? Yeah. Right? Now, emphasizing again how. How again, we're talking about culture, yeah? In how your presentation, your dressing is also important. I remember 
I mean, just to be practical here, a man coming to come and do a work in a particular place, and he is coming from a city church, one of our most popular churches, and he was wearing a three-piece suit, dressed very flashy. You understand? Yellow shirt. Um, he was wearing a dark coffee-colored three-piece suit that was shiny, and you came to come and do mission work. You put people up already. Okay, what is he after? What does he want from us? You understand? You got to know where you are. You understand? And know how to approach them. Yeah, you can wear your three-piece suit in the city. You can book up. You know, you can hire a conference hall and you know wear your three-piece suit. You understand? Well, you can't come to a village community eh, and decide to dress flashy like it's Christmas, right? They won't understand you. They'll be suspicious of you. Do we all understand what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, let me repeat something again. Very simple point I raised, though. You see, very, very simple. That's what. That's when you know you have a tutorial straight. When you know you have a teacher and mentor. What you say is easily understood. When it is outside of the context of persecution, man of God, you have to prepare your message. You must research. You must study. Or the Spirit of God will not be able to speak through you the way he wants to. There's this, there's this famous passage. Ma, um, open your mouth and I will feel it. And when I was growing up as a Christian, we used to think that scripture meant um, just stand in front of the people, shall. just open your mouth, as anyhow the Holy Spirit will speak. Okay? But no, that, no, that open your mouth that you feel it is, no, no, that's not the meaning. Okay? Thinking that you can just stand there and God will move through you, right, doesn't happen unless it is the context of persecution. Alright? So you're getting ready to preach, you prepare yourself. Hmm? You're a missionary in a community, you have to address the people, right? You better prepare yourself. You want to know how to go about it. Even in assemblies, and you have to know how to do it. Okay? So we'll, we'll continue this another time. Let's go to quickly what? Now, it's interesting that um, in order to establish what you are to speak, you first of all have to know. You have to know, you have to have knowledge. Okay? Of the gospel message adequate knowledge. You must understand and get a grasp of the gospel message before you can deliver it. You know, it's interesting also that when I talk about knowing what to preach, it's not just having knowledge, but the gospel has to have you too. You have to believe it. It has to be part of your life. You may not have practiced every aspect of the gospel. Are you listening? Like, you may not be married. But you have to know the doctrine in that area. You have to know what the Bible teaches in that area. You cannot say because you're not married, therefore you cannot speak the will of God and teach the will of God and the doctrine concerning Christian marriage. No, you can't, you can't say that. Okay. But in knowing what the gospel is preaching, yeah, you must know that this is your, your authority for life and living. This, this is my life. This is my lifestyle. Okay. We're not to preach one thing or know one thing in our heads and not embrace it in our hearts. It is not allowed. 
God is that's not gospel. That's just re- being religious. You understand what I'm saying? That's not Jesus. All right. The knowledge we have of Jesus is imbibed into our hearts to become part of our lives and practice. So what we are preaching is what we are also to practice. Okay? What we are preaching is what we are also to practice. Okay? As I remember a time um, I was preaching somewhere. It was um, a house fellowship. And um, I had been born again for about, uh, let me see, about seven years. And I took charge of a department in this church. I was leading the house fellowship. And I go to house fellowship and I preached a message. I discovered about um, a couple of years later that what I preached was a lie. <laughs> I preached heresy. It sounded good. People were motivated. I did some good shouting and you know, some people were moved, you know. Um, but what I, what I preached that day was not true. But I didn't discover until two years later. My point. Thank God I discovered, right? How did I discover? I continued studying. Do you understand? I continued studying. Alright? And it's essential that the instruction of study. Alright? You got to study. You got to study. Yeah. You got to make yourself approved. Approved. Yes, you must you must you know you must rightly divide the word of God. Okay? You must be able to the word has it has content, but you got to know what is God saying. What is the truth? Okay? It's like beating a path to where you are going. Okay? So it, it took constant study for me to one day I woke up and I realized the fact that what? What I preached that day was a lie. But the people who attended that house fellowship had dispersed. I'm not gonna meet them and sit them down and and they were really moved. Even days after they kept on saying, Wow, that was an amazing message. It touched me. Okay, but I lied. Okay, basically it's heresy. Okay, I, I was preaching Moses. I wasn't preaching Jesus. Okay, let's not go into that too much. Okay, so it's essential. There must be a constant learning. We must make up our minds to be teachable, because we understand that this is Jesus, right? The gospel is Jesus, and um, look at it like this: you don't know Him completely until you meet Him face to face. So you have to keep on learning. You got to keep on learning. Keep on learning. Keep on. It's a, the minute you think you know it all already, okay? That minute we could even talk about pride now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. You can say pride has entered. No, we've got to keep on learning. Keep yourself in a posture. Keep on learning. So people have asked me a question: How do you know where to get content? I mean, um, the Ethiopian eunuch said. Remember what he said? As he was reading that portion in Isaiah, he asked the question, is the prophet talking about himself or talking about somebody else? Who's going to guide me? Do you remember? Yeah. Then Philip now sat down and from that passage preached Christ to him. So we do need people to guide us. If you, what you can learn by studying the word of God on your own, right? You can actually learn. The spirit of God is there to teach you. But the spirit of God is also the one who has gifted apostles, prophets, evangelist pastors teachers to teach and equip you to fulfill the work of your ministry so if you are going to carry your bible alone with the holy ghost by yourself without the fivefold ministries to equip you eh, it's not that you you won't learn but you won't learn as much as you would 
if you expose yourself right, to be equipped by the fivefold ministry. Like, do you understand what I just said? Because huh? some people say, no, the only book I have is the Bible. I don't read another book. Then we can fully understand why you are so pompous. We can understand the fact that why you're so ineffective. Do you understand? Because you must allow yourself to be schooled for life. Even the big men of God, whatever that means, eh? our bishops and etc., still expose themselves to the fivefold to be encouraged, to be edified. And if you're part of the body, a church, you're not, you're not a cell on your own. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So even when you find yourself in the mission field, have you taken material with you while you are going? Are, have you taken books with you? Have you taken any MP3s? Have you taken any... Do you understand what you have on your laptop, what you have on your on your phone? Have you saved messages? Do you have soft copies of, uh, of Christian literature and books? You must now. You can't go there alone. You must carry material with you. Do you understand? Why? Because I've got to learn. I've got to allow myself to be equipped, to be encouraged, to be edified, to be strengthened, to be comforted. Okay? That's what we're talking about now is what? 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 What to say? In order for me to be to, to know what to say, I must learn. Yeah? What I'm learning is to be imbibed into my heart as my practice. Is that okay? And then my learning, we must understand that I learn for life. Because I'm learning about something called Jesus. And I'm only going to meet him, right? When he ends. Is that okay? When everything is fulfilled. Is that okay? Right? So we're still talking about content, right? How do I know whether to read this person's book or that person's book? Interesting. I was with some, I was talking to some friends some years ago in America, and I started mentioning the names of um, authors that I mentored me through their books. You understand? They didn't know any of them. Can you imagine? But in their writings, they were they were teaching and writing exactly what these men had written, but they didn't know them. Are you, can you imagine? They never heard of Charles Caps. They never heard of Kenneth Higgins. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? But, ex- but the, the ministers they have, te- they teach exactly the same thing. But they never heard of them. Are you listening? Yeah. Right? So, interesting. So the word of God is the word of God, right? Okay. But what I want to say is, how do you know which content? This is... I've discovered. This, this is the way to do it. It's biblical. The Bible says in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, that it's a, it's, a, it's a prayer. Right? And God may grant you the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 17, right? That God may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. I've discovered that when you pray those spirit inspired prayers, eh? God leads you by the Holy Ghost in wisdom to get the right kind of content. If you pray those prayers, supplicate God consistently, right? Those prayers, right? Open my eyes, I might behold wondrous things from your Lord. It's uh, Psalm 119. When you pray those prayers, God will open your eyes to his word and lead you to the right kind of material. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes, we've all gone through Rebecca Brown, have we not? He came to set the captives free. Um, wait, what are the books again? He came to set the captives free. The last one is called Vessel Unto Honor. What's the middle one called? Do you remember Rebecca Brown? 
the, the, the doctor who encounters satanists. Okay, okay, what my point is that there's a lot of material out there that I believe that believers should not read. That you can find in Christian bookshops. Okay. Um, so the question is, don't just read everything that you're going to read. Pray to the Lord. And I promise you that if you pray that you really want to know, you really want your eyes to be open, give me wisdom and revelation. And like I said, I have to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me. He will lead you to the right hand of the And that prayer is important. People have, I've seen people, I've seen people with material that has put them in a pit, a bondage of regret. And even when you tell them, Sir, why are you reading this book? They'll tell you it's powerful. It reveals this, it reveals that, but they're in trouble. It actually works against their redemption. It works against their salvation. But it's written in the name of some so-called minister. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So it's essential. We need to know what to preach, what to say. Okay? It's essential. Because you see, remember, you see, listen to that. If what you believe and what you preach is not the truth, the Spirit of God will not accompany your message. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah, right? You you will expose yourself to shame, to defeat, to the enemy. Right? So I mean, why would you want to do that? I want to make. I mean, what the Bible says again in the book of Mark chapter sixteen at the end. Right? No, no. At the end, in verse thirty, it says, "And they preached everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah? The Lord working with them mm-hmm. and confirming what the what." The word was signs and wonders following. He wasn't confirming their tradition. He was not confirming their experiences. He was confirming his own word on their own lips. Is that okay? Yeah. And it's essential we understand that. Okay? So I want to see power in my ministry. I want to be fulfilled. I want to please the Lord. Let me get hold of the Lord's word and let me practice it. The Lord will confirm it. I mean, it's really that you want to see miracles? Get hold of the word. Get hold of the word of God, okay? Not just, you know, any word. So, somebody says something. It was, I think, uh, Andrew Murray. He said that Jesus, our Savior, never taught his disciples how to preach. What he taught them was how to pray. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, that sounds true, but it's, it's you know, he's not, he's being, it's, it's a self. Andrew Murray is a great man of God, I bet. I never start self. All right? But that statement he made was a bit shallow. Because see, I don't have to necessarily teach you how to preach for you to know how to preach. You can watch me. And then from these passages that we just read, was Jesus Christ not teaching them how to preach? Okay, you see my point? Knowing how to deliver this message is essential. Knowing how to be consistent in the delivery of the message is essential. Okay, fine. Get the power of God. Listen to me now. Get the power of God, which is, of course, carry you in Jerusalem. Without power, don't go anywhere. But this is the point. Get the power of God. Listen to me now. Get the power of God. Open the person's blind eye. Heal the cripple. Let them, without, without, Bible says, last time on the wonders they cannot believe. Let them believe. After they believe in God, it doesn't end there. No. How are they going to be trained? If you don't know how to train, if you don't know what to train them in, that blind eyed person will become a twofold child of the devil. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's not, uh, let's not, let's not abuse the necessity of learning how to preach or what to preach. Let's not abuse it. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. If we have power, we can accomplish so much. If we have power, yes, we can accomplish so much. Watch this. 
But the power only comes upon what we know mm. and what we understand. Mm. Jesus had taught them to an extent before power came. Yeah. He made sure that he had trained them mm. before they received power. Mm. Now, people are getting born again, getting baptized the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues without being trained. Mm. So what do you see? Do you see results? Just see us speaking in tongues in assemblies and halls and nothing's happening. And you know, I've said basically what I want to say for this introductory class. But let me just add something from my own thoughts. A particular man went into a cave for 40 days. He came out with an antichrist message called Islam. What he carried into that cave for his retreat eh, determined what he came out with. Are you catching what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. That was someone called Mohammed, right? Mm. Another person called, is it uh, Joseph Smith? Mormons. Mm. Also went away for one kind of fasting. What he carried into the fast was what he brought out of the fast. He said an angel called Moroni appeared to him and gave him the the latter, the extra by So this is what I'm saying. Eh? You see, we should go after power. If our head is empty and we're full of, of of lies and we don't even know what to preach, we don't really know the message, and we're going to the cave for fasting, what do you think we're going to come up with? We're going to come up with heresies. Oh, you, are you seeing it now? That's why you see we're praying like crazy. Oh, we pray for this country. Have you been around? How come all those prayer mountains is not is not resulting eh, in the kind in the kind of souls being won, in the kind of spiritual conviction coming upon people that should come upon people? Why no spiritual conviction? Some of our denominations that pride themselves in in dry fasting eh, don't have strong spiritual conviction. In fact, the way I'm seeing it now, the me now, we're all, every church in our country, we're all the same, really. Yeah. We're as greedy and unnaturalistic as everybody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? Our, our style of leadership in church is the same style of leadership in the world. Do you understand? We're not leaders, we're not, most of us are not servants, right? We're, we're demigods. Are you catching what I'm saying? So, this, this is where I'm going now, all right? We need to have right content. What are we actually to believe? You have to know. And when, you know, when we preach, as I'm sharing with you now, you have to go back and check on what I'm saying. But you know, I'm not speaking specifics here, I'm being general, okay? But when somebody is speaking, it doesn't matter how many people are standing in front of him. You have your own manual in front of you to open your own Bible and check, and prayerfully check, is this the truth? Okay? And take, I mean, with all with patience and prayer. So you understand the points we just laid out just now? For this introductory class, we have a message that is so powerful. Eh? No, no, no. Not only can it open blind eyes, not only can it heal, but the greatest power that this message has is it can transform human beings from inside out. That's the power of the gospel. Blind eyes open, that's great. You heal the sick, wonderful experience, right? But do you know it's like when you preach the gospel to somebody? The person now chooses to follow Jesus for the rest of their life, abandons sin, and embraces a life of righteousness every day. Tell me now, which one is the bigger miracle? I mean, if you can say it like that. 
have, listen, the power we want is the power to see people truly converted. Yes. Listen, we hunger for that power more and more than the power for but the blind man can still accept Jesus Christ. Of course. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But people who their eyes are open. You see, the, you don't listen to them, they reject Jesus or man. They reject uh, Okay. Do you see my point? So we, we want that power. But I, I need to have that power consistently. We don't want it during Christmas, but it's not, it's not Christmas, Christmas season power. But we have that power consistently. For the power of God to come upon our work, eh? we must prepare. How? What we will say. Is that okay? Yeah. God bless you.